Yeah, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and turn that down. Thanks. What up, what up, what up, y'all? I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are tuned in to another episode of Kicking It with Young Smooth. Don't forget, you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and don't forget the brand new YouTube channel that will be featuring some more content very soon, um, which is also the Kicking It with Young Smooth podcast. Hey, by the way, did y'all figure out the kick that lyric from last week? Last week's kick that lyric was by the one and only Fabulous with Can't Let You Go. So one of my favorites, yo, was the king of double and triple entendres. Freaking amazing. Just a lyricist unmatched by any other, you know what I'm saying, from his Desert Storm days to where he is now. Still just an amazing lyricist, one of my favorites. So, we got a new Kick That Lyric today, brand spanking new, even though it's a classic song, and I uh, like to hear it. Here it go. Yo, mommy, what the deal? Ain't no heat fucking hotter than a heat a nigga hold. I think you really should be told that I deal with long shafts. Keep a long blast. Now look at a nigga, peel off fast. 
Word, you got your girlfriend? Word, she can get it too. Fuck it though, I'm honest, yo. I'm saying though, let's play it through. Getting cinematic with it, niggas, if you gotta hit it, fuck the dumbness, hit it till it's numbness. Okay, clues, real quick. You will uh, probably notice as a remix, um, it wasn't the original song. This added a New York rapper, a Philadelphia rapper, a Virginia rapper, um, shout out DMV. And um, the this verse was actually added um, to it. The remix was sold separately, was never officially on said album. Um, so let me know if y'all know what that is. It's a real easy one, so I get it. Uh, you can hit me at Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod on Instagram if you know it. Um, or you can also hit me at Kicking It With Young Smooth Pod on Twitter or the uh, Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast on Facebook if you know the answer. So let's get into Ratchet and Ridiculousness as we always do around this time. And it is a lot <clears throat> and we're going to get through it. And then today I'm going to wrap up the girl group situation um, from my CD book. And I have a specific one that I, I quoted recently on one of my posts on Instagram. Um, so check that out as well. And don't forget to check out Radio Smooth uh, where I've kind of put some of my fav- clips from my favorite songs and put gifts behind them as well so um check that out in the highlights on instagram so real quick ratchet and ridiculousness i don't know where to start but i'm a t- <laughs> oh. oh the internet never fails that's all i can say Queer, clearly quite exhausted kevin gates gets shade over allegedly Freaky flick rapper responds. Okay, so allegedly there's a sex tape that contains the two phones rapper and it is surface and fans think he is clearly quite exhausted. Kevin Gates is... Let me tell y'all something. I can't even read the rest of it because I actually did... I, I took to Twitter and I found the sex tape and it's 36 seconds. So... First of all, I let me see if I can find this because when I tell y'all I like to have died when Tammy said this, but um Kevin Gates and this whole sex tape debacle. First of all, I don't give a fuck what nobody say that was him. You don't have nobody is going out of their way to have that many tattoos on their body and not look just like that man. So um fortunately or unfortunately enough, I believe that that was him in in the sex tape. Um also I don't think that for whatever reason I think fans are completely upset because rappers need to stop going in about their sexual pro- uh, proclivities. Wait, but hold up. I'm sorry. I got, I got to, I got to, I got to give y'all this. This Kevin Gates sex tape that's supposed to be beat. I refuse to believe that's Kevin because the Kevin Gates that I'm familiar with, baby, he will beat the pussy up and stick a finger in the asshole. Ain't that all that shit he be talking? And I ain't seen none of that in this video. And if it is him, Kevin, you done did us wrong in your face. You know what I'm saying? Shit, 
that felt like some geriatric type dick. That was some, I didn't even need some Epsom salt after this type dick. That was that bitch, you know I got water on my knees, I can't move type dick. It was unfortunate. I don't think that's him, but shout out to the girl, though, because she was backing that thing up. I wish she had a talk a little louder so I wouldn't have to hear that squeaky-ass bed. And you're going to tell her to point her toes. Child, he shifted that camera. I said, this bitch need to point them toes towards a vacuum and some Lysol in this nasty-ass room. <laughs> Yo, I can not with y'all in this internet. Yo, I'm telling y'all, I got too much fucking time on y'all heads. But when I tell you, Tammy Roman killed that on the Bonnet Chronicles, I think that that was the funniest shit I had seen. Um, I just, first and foremost. <laughs> This is why y'all rappers need to not be out here talking about what the fuck you do and how the fuck you do it and you dicking down these bitches. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the body get old and it do get tired. <laughs> you can talk about you don't get tired or you want to, but sometimes the body get tired. Fuck that. That is some bullshit. Um, and again, 36 seconds is not enough time <laughs> to really say what, um, what really could be going down. Um, allegedly it is not his wife that, um, is in the video. So nobody really knows who the young lady was that he was dicking down, but apparently he was not doing half of the shit that he said that he would do in any of them songs. And people are upset, Kevin. People, uh, people want their money back for a free event. Um, <laughs> Yo, so moving on, Reasonable Doubt Seed, a 28-year-old, alleges she's Jay-Z's secret daughter. Family members support her claims. Okay, um, so I'm let me get into the article a little bit, and then I'll go into my thoughts. There's a 28-year-old woman named Letitia Macer, a.k.a. T, who is making some shocking but convincing claims that Jay-Z is her biological dad. Letitia says she's been told by family members her whole life that Jay-Z is her father and her family members are online backing up her claims. T was born in 1990 in Cambridge, Maryland, where her aunts say she introduced her mother, Lisa, to Jay-Z Apparently, allegedly, uh, these two used to hook up at Lisa's sister house and boom, a baby was made. Lisa's sister, Terry Turner, claims in a Facebook post that Lisa tried to contact Jay-Z when he was with Rockefeller and they were mocked by the person on the phone. From there, they decided to just move on, it seems. Okay, um... I would like to say, after doing a little bit of research and kind of looking at it, I slightly believe it. Um, she definitely looks like Jay-Z. She looks like Jay in a lot of younger years. And I mean, I mean, let's be honest with you. Speaking of people throwing their dick on the table, Jay-Z was throwing his dick on the table back in the day. Let's be clear. Like, there's no, there are so many stories out there like jay-z was a whole grown-ass man back in the day 
He was out there being a whole slut bag whore, and and that's no shade to Jay Z. That's that's really not, but it is a real. That is a real factor. Like yo, you you were out there slinging your dick around, and shit happens. Um, I believe that, and from what I've heard, there is still nothing coming of this. Um, you know, the Carters are not going to say anything, and all of that. I I believe that. Um, the reason that I believe it is because Jay has spoken many times about being and living in Maryland, especially when he was trapping, you know, he was a drug dealer, all of that good old, good old. So I think what I feel is that he should at least give her a DNA test. Like, I don't think that from, from what I read and from most of the comments that I read, like even from what the girl said, she's like, she don't really want them. She just want to know, is that truly, um, her father? And I think that he at least owes her that much. Um, but then again, on the flip side, you know that ain't never going to happen no way because they want us to see this family like Jay ain't never had no kids. Come on. How many hustlers do y'all know to be out in these streets with all type of babies? He was young, dumb, and full of cum. You ain't no motherfucking way you going to sit here and tell me that this boy ain't got no motherfucking kids out here. He got some kids some damn where, okay? Just like Janet hiding that goddamn... Oh, you know what? I'm not going to talk about that bitch. But just like Janet got that goddamn other baby, it's a daughter somewhere. You know, shit. Secrets is, secrets are buried, people. Secrets are buried. So, mm. I don't want anybody to sit here and think that that man wasn't a whole man <clears throat> prior to... And I'm not saying that that is a... a um. A thing of, of a manhood just to say, oh, I got kids out here. This ain't third. No, that's not, that's not the point. Um, but I believe wholeheartedly that she may possibly be his daughter. And I think that I, I would hope, I would like, I would like to see them press the story. I would love to see them press it. I would love them to, to finally have him admit like, yo, you already admitted all your flaws on the album. That's good. And that's fine and dandy, but you, having another daughter out there you need to get to know her you need to put those family like now more than ever like you need to put those family ties together like it's okay it's okay for you to have had those things happen you had many sexual proclivities way before you met beyonce let's be clear you're way older than her so let's not act like that, that that is not the case Speaking of sex, since we still on these whole topics of sex, this was not a story because I kind of wanted to skip past it, but I think I'm going to talk about it anyway. I was going to say somebody called the police on Bootsy, but clearly that is already happening. Bootsy and this motherfucking claim, I said this shit last week. Yo, you going to come out here and you going to talk about all of this bullshit about the gays and this, that, and the third. And and Dwayne Wade, don't cut off the boy dick. Okay, all of this shit. Sir, do you know you just really indicted yourself as a motherfucking pedophile because you had your sons get they dick sucked? And now the popo is after your motherfucking ass. Like, bro, this is it is not a game. What Bootsy has done, Bootsy has sat back and and just decided that he wanted to put out a post 
talking about he allowing his 12 year old, 13 year old sons and nephews to get their dick sucked. Yeah, it's every man's passage to get they get some head this that and the third you know i got i had a little bad bitch come over and, and and give them some head and this that and the third yo that's not your right of passage first of all if you're doing it because you don't want them to be gay like bruh if it's already innately in them it was already gonna be innately in them to be gay sorry it just kind of is what it is I, I i'm i'm not i ain't saying I, I don't care. Like, I don't care one way or, or another about the gay situation. But what I do care about, to be completely honest, is this. What I do care about is them kids being forced into a sexual situation when they didn't. Were you 9, 10, 11, 12? Hell, even 13. Yes, 10, 11, 12, 13, you might be about to get your first couple of nuts, but those are the ones that you were given to yourself. And not, and not by some nasty gutter butt ass motherfucker prostitute. Like, that shit just is not it's not the way. It's not happening. And the fact of the matter that he force that issue of sexuality on them, that's something that is innately wrong in him. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like, I think that that is something that is innately wrong with him. Again, I talked about it last week. I think that, that Quentin Funky doesn't even had a point. Like, yo, was heterosexuality forced on you? You focus way too much on homosexuality to, and you care entirely too much when no one, you are given unsolicited advice when no one is asking for any of this. And then add insult to injury, like right now, bro, you literally put them kids in, in, in a state of sexual confusion. You know, whether they're gay, straight, whatever, you put them into a level of sexual confusion and it, and it's not fair. You didn't give them the right to choose. That's wor- that's just as worse as someone being molested by someone in secret. But you, you not giving them a choice. And a lot of times, that was the shit that happened in the South. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We gonna, this shit right in the past is you, you, you about to be a man. Fuck no. Teach a nigga to balance a fucking checkbook first. You know what I'm saying to you? Cause most of y'all still can't balance it. Teach a nigga how to get his credit score up. How about that? Make sure you know what the fuck your FICA score is. Let's do those things first. Teach a nigga how to get a house. Teach a nigga to love his woman. Respect his woman, not have a whole bunch of babies out in the world for no fucking reason. So the reality of the situation is, Booty, innately there is something that is wrong with you. And you just force your shit upon these fucking kids. And that shit is wrong. It is wrong on so many levels. And and I and I honestly, truthfully, I believe that something happened to is where he something snapped in him. Something snapped in him when he was in jail because he cared too much about niggas riding dick. And that is that is the other bullshit. Like you care entirely too much. And I don't know why you care. I really I cannot begin to sit here and tell you why you care about that shit. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. But moving on. Um, Shaquille O'Neal reveals an upset single mother made him leave his Reebok deal for a Walmart sneaker deal. Shaq was at one time one of the most unstoppable forces in the NBA court. 
he's widely considered to be one of the greatest players in history for his skills on the court and his four championships. When he retired, the baller entered the next phase of his life, becoming a dynamic businessman. He's a sports commentator, a restaurateur, and the face of Papa John, which probably is not a great thing, but it is what it is. An investor had, uh, sorry, an investor and has way more business dealings than we could count on two hands. Perhaps his most infamous deal was his decision to take a Walmart sneaker deal after being in business with Reebok. Many couldn't believe Shaq's decision when it first happened, but fast forward to 2020 and he's told over 80 mil- he sold over 80 million sneakers between the Shaq and Dunkman label on just over 15 years. In a recent Instagram live, Shaq opened up his decision to put the affordable shoe in Walmart as opposed to a name brand sneaker deal with products um with the product in real in realtors with a hundred to two hundred price tag, which had been um, doing with which he had been doing with Reebok. Shaq gives credit to his father, who always told him basketball wouldn't last forever, and seventy percent of players don't have anything after the game. The other surprising fact Shaq revealed was a instance when he was leaving an Orlando arena and a single mother was cursing him out at the top of his lungs. The reason? The price of the shoes. Because her kids wanted them, but they simply were too expensive. Shaq tried to defuse the situation by trying to hand her $2,000, which she smacked out of his hands. After the incident, it hit Shaq that she was right. And he needed to make an affordable shoe. So he dropped the Reebok deal and the rest was history. So I honestly, truthfully, um, agree, I agree and disagree with it all at the same time. Um, I'm agree with it first. In my agreements, I think that um, it's, it's great. Yes, kids want to be able to wear the latest, hottest thing. Um, and mothers want to be able to afford it. Um, especially when you're a single mother, you know, you trying to make ends meet, you don't, there's no room on a birthday or a holiday for $200 pair of shoes. It just isn't. On the flip side, LeBron, Jordan, AI, so on and so forth, um, have had shoes that are at that price and single mothers go out there and they make it happen. Shout out to the single mothers. They make it happen. They're not my mama. Okay. Cause my mother was like, hell no. Okay. My, my, <laughs> fun fact. My mother was like, hell no. Because if you can't tie your shoes, um, when I wanted high tops, I remember I wanted British Knights. Don't judge me. They were the shit. Okay. I remember I wanted British Knights and she was like, no, you cannot get them because you will not tie your shoes and you're not just going to scuff up these shoes like this after I'm paying X amount of dollars for these shoes. So I realized that, you know, mothers come to a point where they're like, no, I'm not. Every every mother's not going to do it. And some just do. There's some people out here that's still like, look, I'm making a lot of money or I'm trying to make ends meet, but you've done right in school or whatever. And I want to make sure that you get get what you want and you want these Jordans and I'm going to get them. Um, so to this day, originally 
Um, as far as high top shoes, like I will always buy a high top shoe, a high top sneaker, because I couldn't have have them when I was younger. I always had to have the lows or the mids. I'm like, I don't, I, I still to this day, I'm, I don't understand Fern and, and her logic on that, but it's cool. <laughs> it is what it is. Now that I'm an adult, I definitely buy my own goddamn sneakers. It is what it is. Um, the other thing is, and because now I buy my own sneakers, I definitely have gotten into Jordans. Shout out to my old co-host because he definitely has made me get into Jordans and I'm now buying them unreligiously. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there, there is that. Uh, but, I think that the, it is commendable to walk away from a huge deal and set that price point to something that becomes affordable. Um, I saw them actually recently. I was in Walmart and I saw the AM ones. Oh, sweet Jesus! Why do they look like the Jordans? And I was like, I'm, I'm. First of all, I think that Jordan is such a staple in the black community. I know that we we go out there and we fucking kill for them and y'all niggas will go out that bitch and stand in line for that but you won't stand in line to vote I had to let that sink in real quick y'all will stand in line for the Jordans but you will not stand in the line to vote um but neither here nor there um but I, I just really think that it's one of those things uh, What's the best way to put it? Like, we always kind of want to get, we always want to get the best. You know what I'm saying? We always want to be the flyest and all of those good things, which is great, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes when you work hard, you got to play hard. Um, I think that, um, Jordan as a staple, not all of them are comfortable, to be honest with you. Okay. Cause I don't went through, through a couple and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like my, my, um, my pro strongs were, horrible until I finally broke them in. Um my the dubs that I ended up getting, I had to break them into. Um the only ones that I like I talked about last time that are the most comfortable and I think it's because they have the strap on the inside and they also have the cushion are the six rings. Like the six rings are the most comfortable Jordans that I own right now. So I love them and I need they definitely get a, enough pair that I really want to anyway. Um Moving on, people on Twitter feel a way about Magoo and called him the worst rapper to exist. Okay, so real quick, y'all, let, let's be clear. Y'all put out this post and yes, Magoo's raps were very ABC 123-ish in that time frame of the 90s moving into the 2000s, actually more so the 90s, moving into 2000 a, li- a little bit. But real quick, he is no worse than that damn Soak the Shaka who rapped completely offbeat and to today's Blueface who still can't, couldn't catch a beat if it was in a paper bag. Like, so Magoo is not the worst rapper ever. Um, I have seen some, I've seen some rappers. I've seen some people that have just gotten on their grind and Magoo is not the worst. But y'all posted the up jumps, the boogie shit like that was the worst shit ever. It was not. 
it it was a bop back then. We loved it then, and I think it can still hold its weight now. I, I don't think that everybody remembers every line from Magoo shit. I don't feel that way, but it was there. And I think I don't know if Magoo was Timbaland's brother or cousin. No, it was his cousin because Sebastian, who was Sebastian, was his brother, and he was on another one of um Timbaland songs with like Leah in a video and shit like that. Um, but y'all stop it. Stop it. He's not the worst because Silk the Shaka, in my opinion and in my book, still holds the crown as the worst rapper. You have a whole album where you are completely off beat and Blueface has followed suit. I, I, first of all, how you have a song like, um, Tatiana and everybody else that came behind you that did the song killed the beat, stayed on beat, Cardi killed it, Nikki killed it. I'm like, yo, everybody else stayed on beat. But you made this song and it was completely off beat. What the fuck? I, I have no idea. Speaking of beats and battling for a spot, Nelly and Ludacris have done their versus battle this uh, past Saturday. Um, it gave me everything that I needed. And more. I was very happy because it was songs that I love. Like, I am a Ludacris fan. I love Ludacris. Uh, I think that Ludacris is an amazing lyricist. He showed you how he held his own with New York. Um, how he, um, the, when he did the Welcome to Atlanta in, be- in the beginning, like, he really showed how they've been on movie soundtracks between him and Nelly. Um, the only thing Nelly ended up pulling a Teddy Riley, but that, that was not, again, not completely Nelly's fault. Whether God, the internet and all of us being on the internet, it just kind of is what it is. So, you know, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't super bad. It wasn't like Nelly, it, Nelly, it wasn't like Nelly didn't follow protocol. Let's be clear. Internet issues happen. They happen to everybody. This shit is fickled. Anything can happen. But it's not like he didn't follow protocol. And the reason why I say that is because he wasn't Teddy Riley out this bitch. He didn't have a hype man. He didn't have... Oh. <laughs> that damn hype man, bruh. I swear somebody is going to make a meme or a gift out of that goddamn hype man. Um, But he didn't have like a hype man. He didn't try to have a whole production. He didn't try to air it on a whole nother platform. He didn't have other people working with them. You know what I'm saying? So, at least it was that, but at most, he knew that, you know, sound issues, thing, things happen. It, it's not an exact science, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, Tim and Swiss just kind of fell into this and, and made it happen, you know what I'm saying? To you, they're sound gods, of course, they're going to make it happen, you know, like, Tim was in his studio, Swiss was in his car, they made that shit happen, but I... Thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, yo, they play all of the classics. They talked about BET Uncut. You know, um, Ludacris played Pussy Poppin'. Um, Nelly played Tip Drill. I'm like, yo, first of all, let's talk about that, bruh. Like, do y'all remember BET Uncut? Yo, we used to just, it, it, those were the videos that would come on Super dumb late at night. And Ludacris said something that made me laugh too. But they would come on super dumb late at night. 
and just be the best adult entertainment that you could ever see like Ludacris fucking it up in Magic City Nelly with a whole bunch of just beautiful beautiful ass women just everywhere all over the place like it, it was it was a good time it was definitely a good time for videos again these were videos that you wouldn't have seen anywhere else I think YouTube destroyed that I don't think that a BET uncut could ever come back but Ludacris made a good point <laughs> If they decide to put another BET uncut, if they ever got it back, first and foremost, let's be clear, please don't put the BET uncut right before the church music come on because y'all put BET uncut on like Saturday night. And then, like, it'd be like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. And then all of a sudden, after all of these videos go off, all you hear is, God! Like, please, please, the church shit would come on, like, directly, directly after it. And that is just, that is a hot-ass mess. Um, So, you know, those are some things to really, honestly, truthfully think about when... It comes to trying to really redo that, but that I mean, we used to rush to that. Like I, I believe I remember a time of it being like the video vixens were out. You know, they were making money. It was definitely a great time for you know for hip hop, and everybody was was making some money. It was the early two thousands. Like yo, you could be a video girl and make some serious ass money and was making some serious ass cash at the time. So those are some things to think about. Um, I would love to see another BET uncut. Um, I think the BET has gone into a way different direction and I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm with it. And I don't know. I'm not here for that. Um, mm. I had to take a sip. Moving on. Bow Wow has a message for groupies flying out during the pandemic. They willing to die for a cash app alert. <sighs> Shad, y- you just keep digging yourself and I'm, I'm going to explain it in a second. Bow Wow has a message for all the groupies out there who are willing to fly out Despite the coronavirus outbreak, he headed to social media to post a detailed message to the women getting flued out and putting their health at risk for clout. Bow Wow is no stranger to putting his opinion on social media, which is why it's really no surprise that his recent comments uh, about his recent comments, excuse me. Posting to his Instagram stories, he's called out so-called groupies and let them know that traveling during the pandemic is definitely not the move. Bow Wow wrote, they say it ain't safe to fly. What do you hoes do? Get on a plane and take that pussy on a pandemic national tour. Hoes fly out more than ever now these days. They willing to die for a cash app alert, new location, some hookah, and dick. <laughs> Real quick, wait a minute. First of all, okay, let's ask this question. Bow Wow, how do you know 
that they willing to get flued out because first, if you, unless you paying for a bitch to get flued out, how would you know? Secondly, I thought about this when this pandemic started. I was like, well, damn. I mean, this is, this is, this is real. Like this shit is real because at the end of the day, it's like you have, um, music has stopped, entertainment has stopped, so on and so forth. I was like, well, damn, will the oldest working profession ever stop? And clearly it doesn't from Bow Wow's opinion. Apparently it does not. But uh, Bow Wow, who are you to see and pussy shame anybody? Because clearly you knew, you the one who knew that they was getting flued out. Because I feel as though you doing the fluting. <laughs> That's what I feel. I feel as though you the one out here flying these bitches out. And that is the whole reason that is the main reason that you mad. Um, don't pussy shame these bitches. If they want to sit out here and sell their motherfucking pussy, that is, their, that is their business, okay? You should be worried about your baby and sit the fuck down some goddamn way because people already don't believe you. Bow Wow Challenge niggas lying and shit. Just saying. People already do not believe you, sir. They do not. They don't believe you. You need more people. First and foremost... Secondly, like I said, who am I to judge? If you choose to sell your pussy and you worried about a cash app alert, first of all, Bella, how you know that the bitches are selling their pussy and they waiting for cash app alerts? Again, sir, unless you are, you are buying pussy. And here's the thing. I think he must have bought some of the wrong pussy and was mad. And therefore... <laughs> was mad that she was just one of them regular trick ass thoughts that he flew out because first of all how do you know how do you know sir I, I as I read the article I had to think to myself like how do you know that this is even still how do you know that this is happening how do you know that the prostitutes ain't fucking with masks on like how do you how do you know you know, you worried about them with uh, about a cash app alert, new location, some hookah, and some dick. Apparently, it ain't tricking if you got it. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know the routine, but clearly, clearly, Bow Wow does. Um, but let me know what y'all think about that because I believe anybody that care that much, if you care enough to put your energy into anything that's just like the thing that we just talked about with Bootsy. If you care enough to put your energy into something like that, something about it means that you are involved in it in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, uh, there's that. Moving on. Barbs, barbs, barbs. Barbs attack little Kim after Usher says she's paved the way for Nicki Minaj. Little Kim paved the way for the sultry hip-hop women rappers of the day. And anyone with eyes and ears can see how far her influences has spread since the 90s. After Usher stated that Nicki Minaj is an offshot of the Brooklyn star, as most would agree. But the barbs are trying their best to prop up their Fave. Um, mm. 
The conversation with Swiss Beats via Instagram Live, Usher said Nikki is a product of Kim, but in no way has put down Minaj and her many accomplishments as an artist. Twitter account at The Shade Room posted the question of whether or not Usher's statement was a jab at Minaj and that got the party started on Twitter in the wee hours of the Sunday morning. Minaj's devoted fan base obviously caught wind of the comment and began to fire back at Usher and bringing in Little Kim into their barrage of hateful comments. What's worse, Usher clearly wasn't trying to state anything that wasn't a universally known fact that without Little Kim, there would be Little room for any artist like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Make the Stallion Cash Doll, and any other of the up-and-coming women rappers who promote sex appeal and fashion along in their bars. There are a ton of explosive bad takes from Barb's, and we've collectively uh, seen this happen many, many times. So... Barbs, 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 real quick. I am, I, I have talked and talked and talked about Nicki Minaj and even, not so much Little Kim, but Nicki Minaj and nausea. Like, I have talked about this in ridiculous nausea, but let's do a small, quick breakdown and I'm just going to state the points and the facts. Number one, Nikki has always paid homage to Kim. Every interview on her on the Come Up DVDs, when she had the motherfucking long nails and 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 the before the pink wigs, any of that, always paid homage to her. Nobody is ever saying that she didn't. Usher was 100% correct. Nicki Minaj is a product of Little Kim. If there was never a Little Kim that showed y'all the blueprint on how to do this, how to be sexual, how to be um, overtly sexual, how to stand with the men, how to um, still keep your femininity in the way that you do things, how to ask for what you want, like none of that would have been the way that it is. Yes, are the rapping styles completely different? Absolutely. Does Nikki have bars for days? Absolutely. But what I challenge you guys to do is to go on Instagram and check out my dude DDM. Check him out. And there is at least a three-part situation that is on Instagram where he did the battle between Nicki Minaj. It was him and Chaotic Couture. Um, and they did the battle of Nicki Minaj and Little Kim. And even with the people that were in the comments, everybody really felt that Little Kim kind of took it because there were, there are substantial songs that you can still play to this day, whether they're the actual verses. Light is up. We'll always get niggas up in a club. All about the Benjamins. All about the Benjamins just as a standalone on that verse. You can go through the whole song. 
But when you get to Kim and you get to Biggie, it, it fucking shakes the club. You feel what I'm saying to you? And, and vice versa with Nikki. You can go to itty bitty piggy. I have made DJs when I host parties, I have made DJs play Nikki shit. Like I've literally made my, one of my DJs that I fought with. I said, yo, don't do me wrong. Play the Nikki one. Let's go. You feel me? And people get on their feet. Like, yo, me and my sister still recite this shit beginning to end. It's still one of the, the best, the most fun verses. Um, monster. Monster cannot be matched. You, you, you sat up against two heavy hitters. Monster cannot be matched. You feel what I'm saying to you? Like, yo, you sat up between Kanye and Jay-Z. And at the time, you were still a newcomer. And, and and like, when she tells a story about it, she was like, yo, I didn't even have... She was like, I didn't want half of the grunts or the, the change up in voices. She was like, I didn't want half of that shit in there. But Kanye insisted and, and created a genius masterpiece and was ready to cut Monster from the album just based on the whole fact that, yo, she went hard. You know... Nikki said one thing where she was like, you know, I see that Kim was in this for a long time and I just want to fill those shoes and run with it. And she did just that because here's the thing. If Nikki didn't fill it when there was a void and the void really happened around 2008 when the when we when the markets crashed, music wasn't really going to do what it was going to do. It really happened around that time frame. And it was like, yo, if she's going to step in and fill this. She has to step in and fill it and fill it all the way. And Wayne knew that. He was smart. He was like, yo, I see this girl. Let's do this. I don't think that there is not a world where they cannot coexist. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that there is a world. I think as somebody who has lived, breathed, and seen the 90s and has lived, breathed, and seen the early 2000s to 2010s and still kicking and moving... I sit in a world where I love both artists. I'm not, I'm not that biased like that. Like I love, I love Nick. I, I, I'll be, I'll be like, yo, there, sometimes there are just bars that just, they shit, they knock, they knock on niggas. And then there are times when they are not. And everybody has a hit or miss. Every single artist definitely has a hit or miss. Um, but Kim iconically will be classic. It will be classic. And this is one of those things that will your fave age with a like fine wine? I don't know for sure if Nikki can age like fine wine yet. Yet. Um, I think that, yes, her being 10 plus years in the game, absolutely. She's definitely given us massive material to work with. I, however, also do not feel that um, it's all going. It's all going to be classic. I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know if we're we're, we're getting that from her. Um, I do hope that the fifth thing thing. I do hope and pray that the fifth thing thing is is on point. I hope that she caters to. The, um, her hip hop hardcore fans. I really hope that she does that. 
along with her giving us a few, a few, let's, let's slide back on all of the pop moments. You know what I'm saying? I know that she wants, she's tried so much other stuff and it's, it's, it's worked. Let's be clear. It has worked. I wish that she would kind of slide back on some of them. Um, bring back Roman. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think that, uh, Usher did not mean anything by it, but I think that he was 100% correct. That little Kim will continuously and always be the blueprint between at, at that time in that era. And I'll eventually go through that in my book too, because we gotta definitely cover that. Um, but in that era, you had little Kim and you had Foxy Brown both saying the same thing, but saying it in different ways and giving you the shit, the shit that you need, the shit. You know what I mean? But that. Uh, with that being said, that is that. And that wraps up the ratchet and ridiculous portion. I don't know what to call this next portion. A special thank you from the but heart. But y'all know what time it is. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? That means that I have an album cover in my hands. Uh, oh. Oh, it still smells like 1994. Well, you know what? Okay, let's okay, let's not go that far. It doesn't smell like 1994. But I have a CD cover that means the world, the absolute world to me. This CD means everything. It was 1994. When this Grammy Award winning group set out and made the most iconic, uh, just sexiest, craziest, coolest album ever. Once again, I'm talking about T. To the left, I see if you can make it fly. TLC Crazy Sexy Cool is the second studio album by American girl group TLC. It was released November 15, 1994, by LaFace and Arista Records. Following the group's record deal, they released their debut album, Ooh, on the TLC tip in 1992 to positive reviews and commercial success. The following year, the group began working on the follow-up. However, the record, pro- the, sorry, the recording process was unproductive due to personal struggles, notably those of member Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who was involved in a volatile romantic relationship and struggled with alcoholism. The album's recording lasted until September 1994, with Lopez, with Lopez's role diminished because she was in rehab. So, just a backstory on that. I am a huge TLC fan. Um, I, I have the, the TLC crew <laughs> that I still fuck with this on, um, this on Facebook. Um, 94, I was in middle school and I just, I had, I remember, okay, so sad story, 
story nonetheless. Um, at the time, at the lat, at the earlier part of the year, my grandmother had passed, and um, I remember in the latter part of, I think it was like, I think she passed in ninety. Two or did she pass in 94? One or two. I think my grandmother passed in 92. Then my great-grandmother was passing maybe two years later. I remember being a kid and my mother making me go to their house and help them clean. That was my job. That's what I did. I remember my mother made me, made me go over there. And actually, I started loving it. And I found out so many great things about my grandmother and my great-aunt who uh, recently passed a couple of years ago. And I miss with all my heart. Um, but I remember uh, she was going through cancer. And one day, she I was I was in there. I was cleaning. I was cleaning bathrooms. I was cleaning toilets, baseboards, vacuuming. I mean, cleaning the house from top to bottom. Like, my music playing, cleaning it from top to bottom. And I remember her handing me some money. So I say to my great grandmother, I was like, oh, you want me to go hand this to my aunt? She was like, no, that's for you. Don't tell your mother. You just go ahead and buy whatever you want with this money. So I immediately run to the record store and I bought my very first tape. I bought Crazy Sexy Cool. I wanted this album so bad. I was in love with TLC. Like, yo, this was my album. I had my Walkman on every day and I listened to this this album from beginning to end every day in the tape until my... T- I let my tape rock until my tape pop. Like, literally, I did it every fucking day. And I think... um it, it was it was so strange because then like later on you know once she once my grandmother had passed and um, I had lost the tape I'm gonna say something that only my cousin will know but Malika got the tape um, <laughs> but I remember uh, losing my my crazy sexy cool tape in 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 my car and I was just devastated and just so upset. Um, I remember later on then eventually once I got my job you know Burger King all that stuff that we talked about earlier I ended up. Uh, I think it was BMG. Might have been BMG Music, and I ended up re-getting the CD version and kept this still playing. Mind you, we're like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. We're like four years removed from the the release of it, but still kept it playing over and over again. Love this album. Um, so again, it just it means so much to me. This is the first album that I remember um, that had the words. So, I can go for all 16 tracks and know every word verbatim. Not because, not, not because I love it so much, but because I've read the book and I was, I was in the booklet. Like, so this is one of my first booklets that I mean had every word in it. So you start off with the, the interlude and it was like, it was just magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had Jermaine Dupree in the interlude originally. And you're like, what? And and it's just it's it's just that crazy, sexy, cool bop. You know what I'm saying? And and then they rap about each girl and and then that's just the moment. Um and then you go to Creep, produced by Dallas Austin. Now, fun fact. 
Creep actually has two videos. You can actually find them on YouTube. You can type in TLC Creep original video where they were like in skimpy black dresses and shit like that. That was the original video before the second video got shot and became the main video. That's the iconic video that we know today. And um, then you have Kick Your Game, which had a dope-ass verse by Latha um, at that point. And then Digging On You, which also had a video and I think was actually maybe their fourth release single that was probably like after Waterfalls. Um, Case of the Fake People. Which, again, was a Dallas Austin track. And Dallas Austin had his hands all the way through this. Then you had the crazy, sexy, cool interlude. Then this interlude was one of my favorite interludes. That was the one where Chili was pranking Diddy. (laughs) And was trying to sound all sexy and shit. So that was actually one of my favorite interludes. Then you get Red Light Special. Little known fact. um, For those that don't know... Boris Kojo was actually in the Red Light Special uh, video. Um, then you also get Waterfalls, which had the most iconic verse from Left Eye. I will read, I'm actually going to read a little bit and I'm going to read it the way I would do and kick that lyric versus actually rapping because if I rap it, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm going to be in my bag. But. She states, I seen a rainbow yesterday, but too many storms have come and gone, leaving a trace without one God-given ray. Is it because my life is ten shades of gray? I pray all ten fade away, seldom praises for the sunny days. And like the promise is true, only my faith can undo the many chances I blew to bring my life to a new. Clear blue and unconditional skies have dried tears from my eyes, no more lonely cries. My only bleeding hope is for the folks who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for toting cane in your own vein? What a shame. You're shooting aim for someone else's brain. You claim the insane and name the day in time for falling Pray to claim, I say the system got you victim to your own mind. Dreams of hopeless aspirations, I hope to come in true. Believe in yourself, the rest is up to me and you. I had to slow down because I forgot like some of the words. That's not what I used to rap it as, but that's fine. Um, but again, just and I kind of and, and you know what I think this is a great moment anyway just to pay a little bit of homage because Left Eye's uh, passing was the 25th of April, um, but it just in 2002, bruh, 2002. Wow, like it. I, I just I I was just I, I just graduated high school in 2001. Like, I was just trying to find my way. And we had so much devastation. We had just had 9-11. Aaliyah had died right before 9-11. I, I'm like, yo, it's it's just so much. And then you... Um, so, after Waterfalls, you have another interlude, um, which just kind of had the beat, which was great. Then you had Let's Do It Again. Now, Let's Do It Again... Ended up on the GTD mixtape. Okay, let me be clear. I done got me some ass many times. 
to let us do it again. I'm just saying, y'all gonna find many of these songs that ended up on uh, the GTD mixtape, which is the Get the Drawers mixtape. Um, so you will definitely hear a couple of songs that have ended up on that. I won't tell you who, because it was, but it was good days. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, they also covered the Prince song. If I was your girlfriend, if I was your girlfriend, all the things I do to you, I make you call out my name. I ask who it belongs to. Sorry, no, that was a little Janet. Uh, <clears throat> but, yo, they hit you with, if I was your girlfriend, would you let me dress you? I mean, help you pick out your clothes before we go out. Not, not that you're helpless, but sometimes, sometimes those are the things that being in love's about. If I was your one and only friend, would you run to me? If somebody hurt you, even if there's somebody was me, sometimes I trip on how happy we could be. Please. What? Yo, Prince was so dope. And just to hear T-Boz's raspy tone recreate this iconic Prince song was amazing. Um, Take Our Time, well, we had the sexy interlude. Then Take Our Time came after that, which was another very, very, very sexy ballad. Um, Then you also have another interlude, which was Can I Get a Witness? Which is one of the things that I realized. I think that's why music ends up being so short now because don't nobody do interludes no more. There were couple, there were definitely a couple interludes. And then you had Switch, which was a more upbeat, up-tempoed kind of situation. Um, And then lastly, you end it with ATL. ATL, hope. ATL with Something Wicked This Way Comes with Andre Benjamin 3000 just killing it. Remember back in the time when the only signs we had were Picket, but now in 94, it'd be something wicked gang. Yo, just... Andre, we need you back for the culture. We really do. But this was a moment in time. As a matter of fact, I want to say this is probably the first time that we understood, we figured out what their names was, where you had Tion, T-Boz, Watkins, Rosanda, Chili, Thomas, and Lisa Lefta Lopez. Like, that was the first time that I think I ever really knew, like, what their whole names were. I was like, Rosanda? Who the hell is Rosanda? But... I love it. Um, TLC is still touring to this day. Well, not to this day, clearly, but, um, uh, Chili, Chili is killing it. Chili can dance her ass off. Like, I remember seeing that, that post on Twitter and Instagram, um, of her doing it. Her son, uh, Tron is making music. Um, if you, if you guys haven't, make sure you check out the, the VH1 Crazy Sexy Cool Story. Little Mama Kilted is left eye. Um, I think that there are some things that they talked about that were in there that really struck a chord and just sat back and just had the memories like, yo, I, fun memory for you. I remember doing, we used to do wacky tacky days in, um, in middle school and I remember 
going with my overalls, baggy clothes, my Joe boxes, so on and so forth. And um, I went as left eye. Like, I literally, I'm telling y'all so much of my business. I don't care. Judge me not. But, um, but instead of putting like eyeliner under my left eye, I put permanent marker under my left eye. And I was sick as shit. I probably lost some brain cells because I got high as, I got high as giraffe pussy that day. And I did not realize that that was what I was doing. And my mother could do nothing but laugh. She was like, you know, that's like eyeliner, right? Like that's like paint. Like that's a makeup. That's not, she's like, you know, that's not like a permanent marker. So you high as shit. Out here in these streets. I was like, no, I didn't realize that I was, you know, I was like, I have a whole headache because I literally was high with permanent marker on my face. Um, so permanent marker does come off your face. Let's just say that that does happen. But yes, just wanted to go down memory lane 94. What an amazing, amazing time. Like I, don't know if I would have made it through without this album. No, I really don't. Like, I really remember it just being what I would buy every day. And you got to think about it. At this time, music was not being consumed, consumed like that. Music was not being, um, it, it was, it, it wasn't so disposable. You know what I'm saying? Like, music was one of those things where you had to ingest it. Because you didn't know when the next project was coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really didn't. You it was like, okay, well, you could you could wait three or four years for another project to really come out. Music now just moves at such a rapid pace. But you, you, couldn't, you couldn't digest the way that this album was. I mean, even though they had a lot of tumultuous things and the bankruptcy and all of those things, this was one of my favorite favorite album and we may cover TLC again we might but this will cover out my girl group situation so we've done SWV we've done Destiny's Child and of course we had to round it out with TLC if you guys think of any more um girl groups or groups in general you know let me know that you may want me to cover um but for the most part that was that was my girl group tribute like I I love them um I miss Left Eye with a whole passion. Uh, I think that uh, my sister, Nellie Hendricks, um, embodies a lot of that. Like, that, just that, that craziness, that quirkiness. And it's something that will just never be able to be matched. So, before we sign off, same thing that we do all the time. Don't forget that you can check us at Us by Us, meaning me and all of us. Um, you can check me out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, and also the YouTube page, which is Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. Gonna work on the new interviews really soon, so I hope you guys look out for that. Don't forget fear, false evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. And the reality is you can do anything that you set your mind to. Think about it. This girl group from Atlanta came out of nowhere and took the world by storm with a sultry singer, a like rhythm and blues funk singer and a rapper all placed into one group and made it something phenomenal and became Grammy award winning artists. Some of these, some of your faves can't say that. 
And that's not a, that's not a shade. That's not any shade to Nikki. I'm just saying some of y'all faves cannot say that. Um, so if you got to kick that lyric, don't forget to hit me at kicking it with young smooth pod on my social media pages and the kicking it with young smooth podcast on Facebook. Um, I definitely want to hear from you guys and I hope that you enjoyed the show and, um, you kicked it with me. Don't you feel better for it? <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm out.